News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. 1% of employees have the protection of a menstrual health policy in the workplace, according to a survey published by Forza today. Their equality officer, Ashley Conley, uh, joins us now. Ashley, what did you find in this survey? Well, it's a very interesting survey to which 1,800 of our female members have responded to, and they found that only 1% actually had a policy in place that dealt with menstrual health. And I would say that 96% of those who responded are in favor of the introduction of a policy. And that is something that we're focused on and trying to seek engagement with employers on, to bring about a, a, a healthier, more flexible environment for women when they need it. What would a menstrual health policy look like? What should it look like? Well, there's lots of aspects to a very good policy, but like what we're talking about is flexible working and a pandemic has shown us that this can be done. So we're talking about flexible working for when people need to be at home when they're suffering severely. We're also talking about improved training and and an open conversation within employment to address the stigma that has hung over this issue for decades. But another thing we would like to see is just practical improvements like toilet facilities like temperature control in certain rooms, and also even down to office fabrics. This is something, you know, that I can say that it isn't widely discussed within employment. There is a level of embarrassment about it, and we want to start having open conversations with employers that make the work in place for for women much more healthier and much more comfortable. Would you see Ireland following in Spain's footsteps and considering a legal right to menstrual leave? Well... We do note that Spain is the latest country this week to move towards drafting a bill, and I know that there's other countries that have. But where we're at, I mean, there is difference of views among trade unions and HR experts across the globe. So, yes, I will say that we would be happy to look at it. But our first priority is really about making the workplace a safer and more welcoming environment for women. Okay. And um, look, I'm very conscious doing this item that I, I am a man. I've never had a period, so I, I can't experience what, what women have experienced. But what I did do before speaking to you is I, I, I talked to some of my female colleagues uh, about this. Mm-hmm. And they're, they had an interesting response. They, there was a kind of a be careful what you wish for uh, there uh, about this. They said they did not want to be seen as kind of a liability in the workplace. And sorry, they're not my words, they're the words that they use. And they were, say, they were saying they weren't sure we needed this, that they didn't want to be differentiated. And uh, one of them actually made the point to me that in Germany they have very strong policies in this area, but it is the country with the highest gender pay gap. What I will say to you is like 1,800 women have responded to our survey and they are in favour of the introduction of the policy. Over 96% ah, yeah, no, 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 I'm not sorry, I'm not, doubt, I'm not doubting the so, veracity of the survey. I'm just putting the, I suppose, oh. the, counterpoint, uh, the counterpoint put to me by women workers. Well, I would say that, yes, I think that's part of the fact that we haven't actually had open conversations around the menstrual health policy, certainly not in the workplaces that I have been employed in, and I'm a long-time working, Shane. But what I will say is that if we were to have open conversations, then I think that we could get to a place where this is widely accepted. But I do take on board that this is something that people are cautious of actually engaging in, 
But maybe that is down to the stigma and the embarrassment. I, and the, with, the respect, with respect, with respect, that is I, menstrual health. With respect, actually, I didn't, I didn't think it was down to any stigma. We spoke about it quite openly here in the office. And what, what, what the, the women, my co- female colleagues were saying, oh, I don't know about something else that differentiates us from our male colleagues. And will we end up uh, suffering, um, you know, in terms of going for top jobs, in terms of pay, because of that further differentiation? I think society has moved on a lot chain um, and I think that I do not believe that this would be a liability to women in their careers and into their future. Okay, all right, we will leave it there. Uh, Ashley uh, Connolly, Forza's Equality uh, Officer, thank you indeed for talking to News Talk Breakfast. Kira. what do you think? I do have some concerns around it. Um, I, what I've always wanted in the workplace was an opportunity to compete with men and to, to get to the top of whatever I was doing. Um, and I would have prioritised that myself in my career ahead of maybe stuff like this. Doesn't mean that it shouldn't be there, but uh, I suppose let us know this morning what you think. 53106 at a cost of 30 cents. Is it a good idea to make extra allowances for women or could it backfire? Sometimes the law of unintended consequences uh, actually is a real thing, but who knows? We'd love to know what you think this morning on the show. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.